Hey, everybody, I'm Andy Weinberg, and welcome to episode 84 of the David Osikin in the Pocket podcast. We're getting old. <laughs> are you, are, you look like you're thinking. Are you trying to come up with an eagle? With, with an eagle? Actually, no, but 84 uh, has got to be a, a wide receiver. Right? Well, well, if you go back to the first Super Bowl team, you had Keith Creffley. Remember Keith Creffley? Oh, tight, sure tight end. Sure and then uh, if you are like Bravado. And he played with Spags, though, right? Yeah, yeah they were the two right, tight ends right. on that team. Yeah. And if you like Bravado, you can go Freddie Mitchell. Freddie Mitchell, of course. Fur coat Freddie. Yeah, right. You, I, I, what, what was it? I, God gave me these hands, or I yeah, love these hands, something yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. Well, thank God for thank, I remember that for, Green Bay game. Yeah, thank God for my hands or what something. What was that? Uh, fourth and 26. Fourth and 26, yeah. 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 And then, God bless uh, Freddie. And we got Greg Ward on the current team. So there you go. I like that guy a lot. There you go. He's good. Hey, it's also a, a, a shout out, a birthday shout out to one of your bandmates, John Lilly's John Lilly's birthday. John Lilly's today. birthday. Happy birthday, right John. Let's see, 25 today. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't look a day over. Happy birthday, John. Doesn't look a day over 22. No. Uh, so uh, happy birthday to John. As yes, always, indeed. we're here at the Wildfire Radio Studios in beautiful Woodbury, New Jersey. Teller is with us on the other side of this. We can't see him now, but he's there. He's doing a hell of a job over there. Yeah, well, we got him working today, Dave. <laughs> we, we got him working because we're, we're, we're doing something a little different. Well, actually, yeah. I'll, I'll mention that in a minute, but let's let's uh, mention our sponsors who uh, we appreciate their support week after week. Always. Uh, our great friend, Eric Metz at Croker Percussion, CrokerPercussion.com. C-R-O-A-K-E-R, percussion.com. They're dedicated to creating quality handcrafted percussion instruments with superior sound quality and unmatched craftsmanship. Check them out on the web. You'll see all the great stuff Eric has. Great stuff. You can also call him at 215-669-8588. And we're also brought to you again this week by our friends at the School of Rock Berwyn in Mainline, Philadelphia. Uh, as I've said many times, they Teaching take in there today. They are you going over yeah, there later? I'm going over there later. Yeah. That's great. They take young musicians yeah. and they train them and teach them and and make them feel like rock stars. And yeah. some of them, you know, will actually go on to become rock stars. Wow, they got some great players over there. They're doing a Petty show right now. Oh, nice. Uh, classic uh, metal, classic. They're doing a, a classic pro- a Prague show, um, Credence show, and uh, Women in Rock. Very, very cool. Yeah. So uh, check them out. Uh, school, schoolofrock.com. Look up specifically the one in Mainline. Berwyn, Pennsylvania. Dave Marsh, Rick Allison. Great there you people. go. What a, what a program. Really, it's impressive. Blows me away. Right. And you can call them, too, at 610-647-2900. Couldn't read yeah. my writing there. The best. Uh, yeah. So and, and you could have Dave as a teacher if you're a drummer. So, all right. I Even said if we're, you're not a drummer, you're going to be a teacher. Well, there you go. Well, that's right. You're playing the trumpet now. You play. <laughs> well, I mean, teaching anybody that's not. I'm not going to teach him the trumpet. That's for sure. All right. Well, but, but I'm having fun with that trumpet for at sure. One of these days, Dave. One of these days, yeah. you're going to play this trumpet. It's in my car now. On, I travel during with the it. podcast because yeah. you're getting to a point where yeah, it, it's. You sounds, heard it. I heard it. I heard him. Re- I heard Dave rehearse. We got to the podcast early <laughs> a few weeks back, and Dave's in his car parked outside the studio, and he's playing his trumpet in the car, and I'm, I'm pulling up behind him. And what was I playing? I was playing the national anthem. <laughs> well, I couldn't really tell what you were playing. And that segueing into Man in the Street, which is really go. great. There you go. Well, and any day now, we're going to be debuting uh, Dave's first uh, public trumpet performance right here on Hold the your pod- breath. right here on the podcast. Dallin, how's it sound? So, uh, I mentioned we're doing something different this week. We were actually going to have a huge guest, yeah. legendary drummer Kenny, yes. Kenny Iron, Kenny Ironoff, longtime John Mellencamp drummers, played with everybody. Everybody. And uh, there was a scheduling snafu, so we couldn't get John or. We couldn't Kenny, get Kenny. Will be, Kenny will be back. We couldn't get Kenny this week. We will have him at some point. Yeah. So I thought I came up with this idea, Dave, for the last. Now I don't know if you're doing this because you just turned 65 and you're getting nostalgic. You had to tell them. But what well, we, we, we they, they know. <laughs> but but over the last couple weeks, months or so, you've been posting these incredible photos on on Facebook. And, do you know and why? Uh, do you, what's happening is because of COVID. I have a studio in my house, and Dallin and I are doing a little bit of remodeling in some places, and so. Of course, you start cleaning and consolidating, as like we like to call it. And I got through all these pictures and downs. Did you see this one and that one and that one? So I went through it, and you know, you just start rec- you know recalling all these great times. And so sometimes I take a photo of it or scan it and put it up. So I've I've come across some great material. Well, yes, you have. And so I've I've been seeing these pictures mm-hmm. and the comments people have been making on social media. They're like blown away by some of these pictures and the memories that it, that, that it evokes for people. So I said, you know, we didn't have a guest this week, and we didn't want to miss a week because we missed last week. All right. So I so said, let's do an episode. We'll call it Dave's Scrapbook. I love it. 
and we'll go through and we'll just share memories that, that you've had. Now, we're taking, you know, what is generally an audio format and we're providing a video element to it. So I don't know how well it's going to work. But if you well, there, tell our people well, that there where will they can be, find the, the video, right? Isn't it like. It, it, you, yeah, there you, will you be a it? video of the podcast. Yeah. Uh, we'll 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 post the link to the video Great. so people can can find the video because we're going to we're going to be showing all these photos during the video. Again, thanks to Taylor for pulling it all together. Again. And also, if you're just listening and you're not watching the video, we're going to link all the photos uh, on Facebook and Instagram or wherever else uh, you go on social media. So you can look at the pictures as you listen to the podcast. Yeah. So we'll see how it works. So it's it's uh, like I said, we're bringing a video element to a uh, audio uh, format, but uh, I think it's going I to like work. It. And we're going to go we're going to get jump right in because Dave has tons of stories for all these pictures and we want to get to all of them. Yeah. And we're going to go pretty much chronologically except for this first one. I wanted to start with a biggie right off the bat. Yes. And, look at that. And this is again if you're watching on video you see it and if not I'm going to describe so, it. <laughs> this is 1987 Top yeah. of the Pops actually December 3rd 1987. Yeah. The Hooters and Paul McCartney wow. playing Top of the Pops in England <laughs> and the, and in this picture you got the whole band. Linda's yeah. there, and Paul's front and center. Yeah. And Dave is is holding Paul's bass. I have the headstock. You're, you're Paul. Actually, you're a little story about that bass, though. That actually is a bass. I think we rented that day. Um, um, and oddly enough, uh, I think I told you this before the show. We didn't know. I at least didn't know, and I think Eric didn't know that Paul was going to be a guest on that show. So it was mind blowing. We walked in there. No one told us, and all of a sudden we hear. <laughs> A band sound checking in other in the other room, and it's Paul McCartney and his band, who, you know, he had Linda in the band, Hamish Stewart I think was in the band, Red, I forget the drummer's name, but he played with the Pretenders, and um, he's singing. He looks over at Eric and I, and he goes, "Hey, mates." <laughs> and we turned around like, who's he waving to? Well, who we, else? Was there anybody behind uh, you? Well, Obviously. we both turned around. And we, I think I looked at him and looked at me and Eric said, oh, my God. And it was Paul. And, he, you know, we're huge Beatle fans still to this day. When you meet a Beatle, any of them, especially Paul, you're, you feel like you're with a God. And we were both, our minds were blown. And um, it, what a day. What an incredible day. Right. And, um, and, and you, you know, my funniest comment about that, I got to shake. I've had a friend of mine who saw that. He goes, man, I didn't know he was that short. I said, he's sitting down. <laughs> right. He does, look, he does look, look kind short, of little he, in the picture. Yeah, but yeah. bending over. He said, no, he's sitting down. Yeah. 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 Wonderful guy. Wonderful. Well, you, you mentioned to me when you sent the pictures over originally that yeah. he could not have been nicer. That he Couldn't was just, have. It just, just. The bigger the artist, the, my, my, my experiences, the, the, the bigger, the Mick, the George, all those guys, they've all been the nicest, uh, 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 just humblest cats that I've ever met. Uh, it, it's just a great thing. I guess, you know, they just, you know, one-on-one, uh, -on -one, they were just the best. And I just got great feelings about it. it felt like I knew I felt like probably anyone else would meet a beetle you feel like you know them and he was just so cool how, like, how, your mom. <laughs> how long did you guys get to hang out we hung out all, all afternoon yeah. we we spent the day with the BBC because um it, you 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 mime to the song right and uh I think even I think Paul I, I forget I think there's some vocals going on uh they're doing vocals but you're playing to the track and um Paul was doing the same thing and we we hung out and, and our dress rooms were right next to each other and he spent a lot of time in ours it, 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 it's surreal I'm still blown away by the fact that you show up and you have no idea I that no idea. Paul McCartney's I going to be there no one told me and, I, <laughs> and I'm glad they didn't because I probably would have been up for a week um right. Blair, I, I still and, and Linda was just so nice she sent a uh, uh, an, a calendar that I don't I can't find anymore. I think my, my ex girlfriend may have it, but it it it's just a beautiful piece of work that she got my address and sent it to me. Oh, Linda Eastman McCartney, you know. Oh, so she sent you that photo? Is that, or that she didn't send me the photo? Oh. She sent me a calendar that she drew. Oh, nice. She had a, a, her own, uh, you know, straight from you know the, the addressments. Now and they also signed my jean jacket. I have a jean jacket that's really cool that they both signed for me. Paul wrote Paul McCartney was here, oh, and it's signed in the in. in there yeah it's wonderful that's it's great. great i love that photo all right as i said that was from december 3rd 1987 okay yeah. now we're gonna go to very very young dave you said when you sent me this picture you were 11 years old nope wrong one wrong <laughs> one taylor okay. we're going the wrong here direction we go. here, there we go. We go. here we go um you said you were 11 but you look about nine <laughs> and this is in lamberville new yeah. jersey i guess yeah. lamberville music circus it was one of the smart 
decisions I made as a kid. I mean, I, I well, fell let's in tell the people because a lot of people are just listening and they can't see us. Yeah. This is young Dave in a nice, looking very sharp in a, in a jacket and tie. My dad insisted. Yeah, standing next to the legendary Buddy, Buddy Rich. Rich. Now, yeah, were you, you know, were you old enough at this point to, to appreciate who Buddy Rich oh, was? Yeah. yeah, I knew, I knew. My dad had, I, I actually time at the time I didn't have any Buddy's records. I had Gene Krupa records. My father did. My father was really into Harry James, and he was really into um, Duke Ellington, Count Basie. And uh, all the jazz greats. Um, and so we, we only had so many records, and they're the records that we played until the Beatles came around. Right. And um, so, you know, the Buddy, Buddy, we had to go see Buddy. And I think I was already, I was in it. And um, I think my dad also, you know, insisted, you're going to this. <laughs> if you really call yourself a drummer, you're going. And because I passed on Duke Ellington. Oh, Dave. Yeah, I know. I was building a fort. Uh, uh, <laughs> you were a kid in Mill Creek. You're building a fort. And I didn't go. Uh, later on, I made amends by going to see Count Basie, met uh, Butch Miles' his drummer and everything. But what a, an amazing experience and a fact that I got that photo. And um, and today, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm friends on Facebook with, his, with Kathy, his, his, um, his daughter, who has kept his legacy alive. And uh, the guy is still the greatest. I mean... And that day, I remember he was on fire. Like when he do his, like nobody did when he would start, when he would do that thing with the single stroke roll and then just get going. With the single, it's just single strokes and his hands, just an absolute natural. And you know, what amazed me about Buddy, it was, you heard the, the drums were loud. He just knew how to get the sound out. But he flowed, his swing was floating. It would float. And it was like another drummer that reminded me of Buddy. Years later, what I saw was Manu Keshe, who played with Peter Gabriel. He had this lope about the way he played. And Buddy was the same way. It was just everything sound-wise. He knew exactly where to hit the drum. It was so musical. He's just a musical genius. Were you okay? So for people who can't, the, the, Dave's looking very serious. It's, it's, and, and Buddy's, you know, Buddy's right next. I was to him. scared shit. I was going to say, did you have a conversation with Buddy Rich when you were eleven was, years my old? My father had trouble getting the camera working, and Buddy, under his breath, was like, "Get the fucking camera working." <laughs> and I'm looking, going like, "Well, I made him like me. I made me like him more." Uh, but at the same time, I'm looking and I'm thinking, "It's my dad you're talking to, man." You know, but uh, well, how cool is it that Buddy took? the time especially if your dad was struggling, with, did, the, struggling he, with the years camera. later he did the same thing with me because joe casadas who i took lessons with said um say hi to buddy and tell him you, you take lessons from me and i said i and i knew really like here i'm going to tell the greatest drummer in the world i take lessons from you now he was joe was a great drummer but i didn't know how he's going to react and he put his arm around me walked me to his bus and he how's joe and he was just another guy that was just phenomenal I, well, I just think it's so cool in this picture that he took the time to take yeah. to, to stand there and take and take this picture with this kid who obviously yeah. he didn't know from. Uh, yeah. And it's also very cool that your dad had such great music taste. He, you know, I mean, thank God for my father. He didn't play an instrument. He was just an amazing guy. And then when we started, I guess, making it in music, I remember I even met my father and told me, man, walking with him on the beach, he was in his work boots and his sweating, and he had his work, he had his belt on with the hammer and all that stuff and he's walking with me through Asbury Park and he said you made the right choice yeah you made the right choice and it was just such a nice thing to hear from my pop that that, that is um, that rest is, in peace that's tremendous yeah all right let's go to another photo of young Dave this is I think you're what about uh 14, <laughs> 14 years old yeah and yeah. Uh, people have seen this photo because it's, this it's, is it's me a, on the on the I don't know if they were jet drums well that, that, that's described yeah. this is Dave at, at your home and no uh, that's not my home that's uh, a Wayne Myers house okay. Wayne Myers was the guy that you know if it wasn't for Wayne I probably wouldn't be playing music okay. I mean maybe I would but well, Wayne, this it was, is, he this expedited is, it yeah this is in the Mill Creek Falls section of Levittown I could play mm, 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 mm. I could do that right away. It was the kiss of death. I could play that and I could play it like somewhat time. I guess my thought my, in time. And um, a guitar teacher that I wanted to take lessons from said my hands were they said my hands were too small. I think he just thought I was going to be a pain in the ass. So <laughs> I ended up going to the drums. And that drum set. Is that like, your first kit? That is my first set. And my dad, um, I 
my, and I, he could not afford those drums. I knew, I mean, he worked so hard. I remember, and, and this guy came in the neighborhood. I don't know if he, if he, if he was, he stole them or what, but they were in the trunk of his car. He, he was at my friend's house and there was a little seedy shit going on with this one guy's, uh, with his brother. And the guy said, I'll sell the drums for 150. And my father went over, I think negotiated with him and got him for like under a hundred bucks. And I said, he took them. So I was my first kid. And I got him home, and I never stopped playing. I remember I just played triplets all the time. Da -da 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 -da. I would play triplets forever. Friends would come to the side window and said, Dave, come on, it's time to go out. He goes, and when, here's one friend of mine would have jumped, you suck, you're not going to amount to anything. <laughs> and then he even tell me later, he goes, yeah, yeah I was wrong. But, I just go, but you know, um, it was just wonderful times, man. Check it out. Wayne Myers, uh, my other neighbor, John Danaher, we had a little band and we played and uh, uh, it was fun. And we yeah. had great records. Wayne had great records. Uh, James Brown at Live at the Apollo and, of course, Stones and the Beatles records. And we listened to this stuff. And what? Wayne also played in the string band in Philly. He lived in it and he was a, a really great guitar player. Still is today. And, and what are you about, like I said, about 14 years old in this picture? Oh, no. I think I'm, I'm probably 12 years old. Oh, okay. Le right. 12, 11, 12 years old. 11 years old, probably. Okay. I just, you know, I, I, once I got them, I was playing all the time. That's great. And in it, between it, building forts. <laughs> <laughs> right. And missing Duke Ellington. Yeah. <laughs> missing Duke Ellington. All right. We're going to go now. We're going to jump ahead to one of your early pre-Hooters bands. We're going to go to the Torpedoes. Yeah. And uh, oh, the, the, in the picture, buds. now there's, there's five people in the picture. Yeah. And, you, and you and Danny D'Souza are the only yeah. ones sadly it. still alive. Mm. Uh, you got Bobby Woods. You got John Kuzma. And, of course, Danny DeGeneres. The, le uh, the legendary guys. You guys are all gathered around the piano here. Mm. What, what, what do you remember about the Torpedoes, Dave? Oh. Just such a great experience, and uh, Danny, uh, you know, like tragically lost his life to some crap. And that's coming up on ten years. It's I gonna can't be ten believe, years. I can't this believe year. it. Yeah. What a giant! Like when guitar players were like da Danny was just such a freak because his hero was he loved Roy Buchanan, he loved David Allen Coe, and at the time, you know, the, you know, Kuzma and I were hanging out, and he was Kuzma was way into Jimi Hendrix, loved David Bowie, and Stones, you know, Keith and. Danny comes over one day in his fur coat. He was playing with his band, but he heard about us and he just came over and he just wanted to play with us. It was such a, I, I don't think I like, I don't think about it later on. I thought, Oh, what an honor. Like he came in, he goes, I want, I want what you guys have <laughs> and we want what you have, you know? <laughs> so we started hanging out and, and then he, we, we bonded immediately. And I remember Danny and I would get on plane, like back in the old days before you had to go through, uh, before nine 11, you could just jump on a plane and, like Danny had some stuff going on. So we, we, we had a little bit of money and we would, we would grab on a plane. I remember we flew down to North Carolina and we hung out and he, he, my point before I got diverted was that he was really into David Allen Coe and these Southern guys, man. And he had stuff going on and he loved James Taylor and he had just such an eclectic, uh, 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 uh vocabulary musically that I've never, I've never been around a guy like that. And then the first time I ever saw him play was with a band called Excalibur's. And he was so funky. And I got into a fight with him. He was, you know, Danny was a pretty big guy. Oh, and yeah. I was like a little guy. And I'm in the bathroom. And and I said, I, I, I don't know why I was mad at Clyde Peters. I got at a music store. But I was a little pissed off at him. And I said something that wasn't too nice about Clyde. And he shouldn't have. And Danny's in the stall. And he said, who the fuck said that? Right? And I am <laughs> walking out. And here I'm standing. I goes, I said that. And he goes, well, you don't know shit. You know, remember, it was like a little bit of a like, and I said, right. uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> and I looked at him and said, yeah. And uh, because he was the guitar player in the band. And all of a sudden I see, you know, I still remember the drummer's name. The drummer in that band was named Dave LaRue. He was really good. And Jack DeGenero played bass. I forget the other guitar player, but Danny was back then still funky, could play all the Otis Redding, James Brown, Stax stuff. And then he became Danny DeGenero and that voice. I never heard him sing. And then when he started singing and the Torpedoes got together, um, initially we had another bass player, Steve, and it didn't work out with Steve. And um, it, it, Steve wasn't happy with us. <laughs> and he was there for just, I think maybe six or seven weeks or something like that. And then Bobby, Bobby Woods was... How did, I forget, but Bobby came along because John and I knew Bobby from Fallen Angel from playing with Stockyard, okay. which uh, that was my connection with, with Bobby. And then Bobby came in and he was like playing drums and bass with Bobby. He was like, 
you just knew where the pocket was. It, he was just ridiculous. It's like I hear Mickey Curry talk about T-Bone. Bobby was my T-Bone. Just incredibly gifted for a feel. It just no one played like him. And uh, just a beautiful cat. And then the legendary John Kuzma, who was just a, Levi, a legend in Levittown. And then he was, you know, if you look at some of the early Hooters stuff, phenomenal. And then Danny D'Souza, who was the quiet one, who was just a brilliant um, he's a brilliant uh, musician to this day, but he's doing more documentary film work these days. Right. All great people. It just saddens me that three of them are not here anymore, and I miss them uh, all the time. Okay. Well, another early band that also featured John Kuzma and Bobby Woods yeah. was Hot Property. Yeah. Uh, and this is a great picture. This is a... Uh, you got... Uh, <laughs> Punker. Yeah, I was yeah. the punker, and so was John. Yeah, you got the punk look, yeah. and of course you got uh, Heidi Lindner uh, with the other. You got great a, singer, a great singer, and uh, Bobby Wood's hair kind of takes up a large chunk of the picture. But, <laughs> it does, doesn't it? But uh, he was the best man. And you were telling me a story with Hot Property that Heidi knew Ace Freely, right? And yeah, that was uh, uh, so we were playing, and uh, Heidi was from New York, White Plains, New York, and he was. We went and stayed at the Marks Toys Estate when we recorded in the Bronx, and so we all go up there. It was a great experience for me because you know I was just learning to record. Uh, I was recording with John Mulhern at his place, and then we got invited to the studio, and we were going to cut the first version of a song called "What I Am," which got us on the WMMR breakout record. It was the demo, and. Um, when we were in the studio, and I think the engineer that day, he went on to be a pretty famous engineer somewhere. I forgot, I forget, but Ace, uh, uh, um, Heidi said, I have a friend that's going to swing by. And if, and this is the time when Kiss, you didn't, Kiss, Kiss, no one saw them without their makeup back right, then. Right. And he comes walking in this big guy with these big, he had these platform shoes on. And he he was like a rough looking cat. His skin wasn't the greatest. He like he looked like you know he wore a lot of makeup. You know right. when when he takes off makeup, this weird shit to your face and and um and he had the long hair. And she goes, "This is my friend Ace Freely." I was fuck. I said, "Are you kidding me?" <laughs> and we hung at Ace State all day. I remember like I just this is the this is uh seventy nine. So we were raising a little hell. And he got this package and he pulled out like like. Lots. There was like we had uh, extracurricular activity going. It was 1979, Dave. You can say we it. We did some coke, yeah, you know. Okay, all right. And, yeah, and, yeah. and then later, later, um, so we all go home. We did a session. We cut it, and um, and we had a blast. And he stayed all day. And then we went back to the Marxist state, and uh, he came back, and uh, we we hung out. And uh, I remember that night, apparently he said, I had a little bit of accident on the way down. He, I guess he, he like pummeled like five cars, oh, like going out each, each car. Um, and that's why he, and, and to this day, Ace is not that guy anymore. He's like, 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 like Stevie Ray Vaughan changed his life, right. turned it around and became an incredible um, person. Yeah. But and great hot, guitar player, great, yeah, absolutely. And then Hot Property as a band, I mean, that was a, that was a band. great band. Not, obviously, well, if it wasn't for Hot Property, I probably wouldn't have met Eric Bazilian because we got invited to play on the Breakout record, and and uh, that's how Eric, uh, you know, we played Stars with Cats, and uh, which was a great band. Tommy Stewart played drums, and Danny Tweston, and uh, I think Jimmy Mahoney played on the demos, and they were just just a wonderful band. And uh, we were playing gigs, and Eric came out and. Uh, and that's how they saw me, and and they invited me to play on some demos um, that Eric had, and that's how that all started. Well, that's a perfect segue to a early Hooters photo. What this is uh, this is outdoors on Ch Chestnut Street, I guess, an outdoor street yeah. festival. Look at, at it, uh, Sarah from WMMR just sent me a note. She's, can we use that on the MMR website? Because look at the vintage MMR. Yeah, there's banner a vintage MMR back. banner in the back, and you can right. see the whole band. And obviously, yeah. this is still when Bobby and John were Bobby Woods and John Kuzma. John were Kuzma, the, the John, John Lilly played that show because he was playing with Robert Hazard. Okay, that and show had uh, uh, John Eddy and the Front Street Runners, the Hooters, and Robert Hazard, and we played on the street, and it was. We knew we had something going special in the city then. Well, this would have been, what, about 1981? 81. 81, okay. And you can see, if, if, for the picture, for people who could see, I mean, every, the crowd's going crazy. Everybody's got their arms up in yeah. the air. I mean, I don't, I'm sure you're probably, you know, playing, uh, you know, obviously some some upbeat reggae number. On Maybe the, a man in, in the this street. Picture. Maybe a man in the street, man yeah. Man in the street, or we did a great version of the Yardbirds, uh, For You Love, okay. But the crowd's going nuts. Trouble in paradise. It looks like a beautiful day. And, Point and, your little pinky. Yeah, uh, this yeah. is, um, it's just a great, it captures... Dude, it, 
you'll be gone. <laughs> you want to just sing the rest of the show? Now? I'll, I'll sit. <laughs> but uh, it's a great picture because it captures the the feel of those early Hooters lineup. Hey John, John looks like he can kick your ass. He's like, oh yeah. You know, John's like buffed. But, yeah, it's just a great shot of any other memories of that. Uh, of that sh- I mean, you've obviously so many. I shows remember and- uh, thinking. I remember watching Hazard and just thinking, man, these guys are cool. They had like John had came out and I couldn't get John. I like. John walked out. He had this, John Lilly had this shirt that said John Lilly on his shirt. I was like, you know, we were in that, we, you know, I was like, that was cool. Yeah. He just said, that's who I am, man. Right. <laughs> it was cool. Michael Pilla and Robert was fantastic. They were cool. They really had a look, you know, they were all unified. Did Robert Hazard, was Robert Hazard the headliner? Or was I, I can't remember. I think we were all, uh, uh, there was like, I, I think back in the night, I think he might've closed the show. Okay. Um, um, yeah, but there was like, it, it, you know, there was everybody, I think they were there like that for John Eddy too. Right. John Eddy was loved in the city as well. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They yeah. loved him. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to jump now to 1982, specifically September 25th. And we're going to go to JFK stadium oh. where the Hooters open for Santana, the clash yeah. and the who look at Mick and somehow, and I'm going to hear, I want to hear the story. Yeah. The Hooters ended up getting a picture taken with a, with a guest of the show, Mick Jagger yeah. and just hanging out with Mick Jagger, yeah. I guess. And uh, it's just a great photo. The, the band all looks great. And Mick's just, okay. So I got to ask this Dave yeah. because obviously the Hooters were, were well-established in Philadelphia, right. but you weren't known nationally in 1982 other no. than, other than a few pockets of the country. No. And here you are, so you're still a local band, right? And here you are standing, and you're hanging out with, Mick, with Jagger. Mick Jagger. So how the hell did that happen? And I just love this picture. Well, so. you know, I'm reading Bill Wyman's book right now, um, Stone Alone. So you know, they were all they, he was buds with the with the Who, right? And obviously, he probably liked the Clash, and uh, you know, probably knew Carlos Santana at the time too because of playing in San Francisco. Uh, I I don't know who told me. Maybe it might have been Larry Maggot, but he said I got a guest flying in on a helicopter. And it was Mick Jagger and his daughter, Jade. And I mean, think about this. This is before we met like Paul. None of that stuff happened. So, right. Well, you're, you're right. As I said, you're not, I was, you're not I established remember, yet at this point. I saw his face and I felt like, you know, it, it's like, it's like um, Popeye came alive. It's like he, he was a cartoon character to me. Like Mick had the big lips, this face. It just like, when I came face to face with that face, I felt like he came out of a, I, I, it was like, I thought I died and went to heaven. And then I'm having a beer with him in the morning, you know, like I was having a beer. I think he had a beer too. He's we, got a beer in the photo. Yeah, mix, I had a beer. The, I had a beer. We back, there's a picture of us. Where is this? Back. Where exactly this is, is this picture taken? This is backstage oh, behind back. JFK Stadium. Okay, so it's... So, and Mick was his, couldn't, it couldn't have been nicer. Couldn't have been nicer. And then later on, like he was hanging out with Roger Daltrey. Hey, he was just a regular dude, you know, just incredible. Look at his outfit. Yeah, he's just, And he's cool. He's so cool. He's he wearing was little, like a, I was surprised how little he was. I, I, I mean, you know, he, I, I, you know, I just, I was surprised how human he was. You know what I mean? I just, that's what always so you got, got me. Did you guys just say, hey, Mick, can we get a photo kind of thing? And I, I just, I, I, somebody said, let's take a photo. And we took a photo. And he was just. And he was, yeah. I mean, yeah. a guy must be used to that because right. it's just what he went through. But this is after, you know, I, like I never realized all the crazy shit that these guys went through after the legal stuff, all the crap they went through. I mean, this guy's lived like 200 lifetimes by the time he got here. Right. You know, so many experiences and uh, the women just love them. Yeah. Well, the, the other thing and I know. the men. <laughs> oh, yeah. The other, th- yes, we do. The other thing I noticed about this photo, Dave, and it's a continuing, it's, it's, it's a trend throughout these pictures. You're the one next to Mick Jagger. Oh, Just like on. you were the one next to Paul McCartney. Yeah. And as we go along to a few more famous people, you're the one next to, you're going to see George Harrison. You're the one next to Roger Waters. How is it that you always get to be the one next to the <laughs> I'm a drummer. I, but, but it's like, do you, do, you, dr- do you have to weasel your way? Nah, no, I, I think it's a drummer thing. I think drummers just connect with, we got a thing. I, I, it's, I, I see that like all my drummer friends, Kenny, Mick, you know, drummers vibe with people. We vibe. Right. If I, you, I tell drummers all the time, it's listen, man, you know, you got to work on your chops, but you got to work on your social skills, yeah. my friend. You're kind of an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just very impressed that in all these pictures with these huge yeah. stars, you're always one of the guys that are right next you to gotta them, pull, so. You got to pull your weight and you got to be, yeah. you got to make them all sound like they're geniuses. And the other thing too about this picture. Like engineers do for me. <laughs> the other thing too, Dave, is you look very, you manage to look very cool and calm in this photo. I'm sure inside you're like, holy shit, I'm standing next to Mick uh, Jagger. I was. But you, I look, was. you look very. Uh, I, was, hey, I, I, yeah, yeah. I was, I was really kind of out of my mind, you know, because yeah. it's like, here you go. Mick Jagger and I love the Stones. I oh, God, I love the Stones. I love Brian Jones. Like, like I was like all depressed when Brian Jones. 
passed away, which even right now I'm reliving again because I'm reading the book. But, you know, I, I just and then I fell in love with McTaylor. So it's yeah. like the Stones are everything to me. The other quick story about this day, and I know the you've confused. told it before, is you guys were opening for Santana, The Clash, and The Who, but you never saw The Who play because you had a gig in Richmond. Uh, yeah. That night, you had a bail and head down to Richmond. What a day. Because I, I remember another thing, too. When I was on stage, so I, and I met all the guys in The Clash. They were cool. Joe Strummer was cool. They they weren't like, you know, hooters. They were great. They were great. I'm playing drums, and... Um, um, I, one thing I remember, like, uh, too, is that the great drummer uh, that played with Gino, uh, with Gino Vanelli. Oh, man, I'm, right now my name is going, going, but he played with uh, with uh, Paul Anka for a long time afterwards. Had a long time standing gig. Great drummer. Um, um, it, it was playing with Santana, and when I was playing, Carlos Santana sat behind me, behind me when I was playing, and I turn around. I remember my drum tech. Um, uh, uh, at the time, kind of gave me an elbow, and and I turned around, and Carlos Santana was sitting right behind me. I was like, "Oh my god!" And I felt so honored, like, "So I better, I mean, I better be good." I remember I was like just playing out of my mind that day, but it was like, um, you know, it, it, what an experience, man! Right. Opening for the Who, and then we broke up for a little while because Eric and Ron went and do Cindy's record, and I, you know, you could be on such a high. That's the thing about this business too. You could be, and you got to learn to ride it out. You could be on such a high, and then all of a sudden, like. It's done. I was depressed. And then, uh, fortunately, they called me back up to, to get back and play again. All right. Well, this picture's with Mick Jagger. Now, we have another picture. And I do not know this story at all, Dave. There's a picture of you and Jerry Hall. Oh, uh, yeah. This I, is cool. When when was this taken? She's and how, beautiful. And she, she? Yes, she is. And then, uh, this is taken at the Berlin Wall. Oh, okay. So this is uh, this jump much, ahead to 1990. This right. much later. But uh, uh, Jerry... Um, we hung out with everybody. I mean, Van Morrison, Brian Adams, uh, uh, the great actor that passed away that was in the uh, Aaron Brockovich movie, um, um, sat at our table and we just hung out all day. And Jerry knew him in British. I think he was a British guy. Um, uh, he won an Oscar for that. He was the lawyer that, that, that Aaron Brockovich worked for. Um, um, and I'm sorry cause I'm spacing on name, but Jerry and I took up Jerry Hall and I took a photo together. I, I mean, it's like you smell in the same air and smelling her. And it's like really nice. And she was just, uh, really cool. And I was smitten. <laughs> Look, I'm in shock. I think yeah. I was in more shock standing next to her than Mick, but yeah, that's a, it's well, this cool. one. It's just you and Jerry in the picture. It's yeah. for, for those who can't see it. Yeah. And she's, she's got like a yellow, uh, yellow and black dress. She was obviously yeah. in honor of you, Dave. She wore yellow. For the yeah, photo. She wore yellow. <laughs> but she was also in the performance of the wall. Right. Um, we're going to so, get to the wall. Yeah. I, I jumped ahead uh, with but that. She photo. was in the, part of the production. So that's why we were all hanging out. You know, well, it's a, it's a, very, we got to be good friends with Roger. Yeah. yeah well, that's cool. Yeah. Well, we're going to get to Roger in a little bit, but let's go back to another legend. This is the Hooters with, uh, George, with, with George Harrison. We, we, quiet we, one. we already have the picture with McCartney we yeah. showed. And now here's a picture with the whole band yeah. with George Harrison right in the middle. Yeah. And uh, you described Me him as... John Lilly on one side, he's on another. Yeah, and once again, Dave is, is, next, <laughs> is, is, is right next to him <laughs> because Dave always gets next yeah, to the celebrity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you described... I, I, got a, I got a career to think of. I got yeah, like, yeah. Hey, wait a minute, maybe you need a session guy. I don't know. You described him... <laughs> Keltner. <laughs> <laughs> you described Harrison as amazingly gracious. Oh, my God. And uh, you did say there's a story around this uh, encounter. straight in the eye you yeah, know what? he was just that guy that you know um well here's the deal with this we 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 play he took the photo and john remembers saying john Lee remembers him saying um i must be great to be in a band which was an odd thing to say he said that to him and then and then he uh he um said we we were going to guilford where he lived I believe he had a house in Guilford and he said, you know, I'm going to call Eric and maybe we'll come if we can, we'll, we got a session and we'll come over and sit in. And we were like, Oh my God. And he called, he actually called. And now he, George Harris, he doesn't have to call and say, listen, I got stuck. I'm stuck in the studio, but someone called our tour, our tour manager said he can't make it. So don't worry about putting an amp out. I mean, we were literally thinking about putting an amp out for George Harrison. How about that? That would have been cool. Oh, yeah. And, and, and he was going to bring his friend Eric. I wonder who that would have been. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
so when was this? What? What? Uh, this was up doing the show Fridays, which is the British version of Saturday Night Saturday Night Live. Okay. So we did that, and we played live on that show. And you can I, I should post that too. The video when we played, we kicked ass on that show. We did Johnny B and Satellite. It was a, it was a great it was a great night. Right. There's also yeah. a video, a, a brief video on your YouTube page of this from this photo when shoot. When he's talking, when George is talking, and to he you guys. goes, "I'm a Hooters." He goes, "I'm with the Hooters." And I was like, "Oh my God!" He said our name. Yeah. You know, yeah. we were flipping out. And George yeah. was. You know, that's another, you know, him dying so young and just such a sweetheart. And my wife, Talon, met met him years later and said he, you know, she felt like the presence of just greatness and just something soothing around the guy. You know, he was... Look at him, man. Yeah. Well, it's in this beautiful. picture, I, I mentioned how, yeah. how cool and calm Dave yeah. looked in the Jagger photo. Oh, shit. In, in the Harrison photo, you got a huge smile. Yeah. And, uh, you, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was great. Yeah. He was great. John Lilly's got a huge smile. Yeah, Eric, we Eric, Eric, everybody, the whole band smiled. We were, yeah. We, yeah, yeah. He was great. Yeah. So, all right. Well, we let's go from one legend to another. We mentioned the Wall concert, which took place July 21st, 1990 mm. in Berlin. And right. uh, Roger Waters put this huge spectacle together. Yeah. And, wow. and this is the Hooters with Roger Waters. Once again, Dave is next to the, the, the man <laughs> of the hour. Uh, and yeah. uh, the, the, the story goes, Roger was a fan of the band. He, he knew Well, he, he came to the town and country we were playing. And the production manager came back and said, Roger Waters and his wife Carolyn are here. And, and they'd like to come back and meet you guys after the show. <laughs> sure. So we end up going out for drinks with him later. So we were at the bar and he was having his real, he was having some issues with David Gilmore at the time. So he let it hang out, man. He was telling us that, you know, he, I can't even say the words that he said <laughs> for some reason when a British guy says it, it doesn't sound as bad, but there's a, still a gnarliness about the, you know, F word, C word, those kind of things that you're like, Whoa. And, um, but then he gave me his phone number, which was really cool. And it was before the, you know, email and all that. And I called him when we, we came back later, um, cause we were having hit records over there and I called him up. And I invited him to a show we were playing. Uh, I don't know, maybe it was the Marquee Club or something like that. We played Marquee a bunch, and we played Town and Country. And then I invited him. He said, I'm rehearsing for this show at the Wall. And I'm pl my guitar player is a friend of yours. His name is Rick DeFonzo. He played in the A's. So right. I was like, oh, my God. He said, so I can't make your show. And I said to him, I said, you know, if you need a support, I'm like, just kind of throwing it. You need support out. You know, we'd be great for yeah. that. And he said, well, I already got Bob Dylan and Don Henley. And he said, I reached out. I said, okay. But three weeks later, they end up calling our manager. And I don't know if I, they, you know, maybe one thing, maybe our manager, but I swear to God, I think I had something to do with it. Oh, you absolutely. <laughs> well, you, maybe, you put, I don't you know. put the thought in his head. Oh, well, I, I did. He said, maybe the Hooters, he, the name came up. I don't know. I mean, I didn't book it, but I did mention it to him. And and then, you know, when he comes to town, anytime he's in Philly, he, he, he lets us know and he invites us and we, we see him afterwards. I got pictures of him together years later, and he's always been great. He, I remember Dallin was at a show. Dallin's a huge fan of Pink Floyd. Like she knows the drum riffs better than I do. <laughs> and 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 um, Roger was at. Um, came, we were playing at the Pier in New York, and Rick Chertoff came, and Roger D Waters came with him, and. Dallin was like, Dallin said she watched him more than she watched the show. She could not believe that Roger Waters came to see us right. like there. She said, you must be like, this is when she was just my buddy. You know, we right. weren't like husband or girl, you know, hanging out like that. Right. And so like I went up a few notches in her belt. <laughs> you, were, you were pretty cool that Roger Waters uh, yeah, was yeah, coming yeah, to yeah, see you guys yeah, play. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, so you we have another photo that you sent, Dave, of the actual performance. Yes. This is the Hooters opening the show yeah. at the wall. And again, this John was looking cool. John, because uh, Lily looking cool as hell on the standing there. Eric up in the front there. I'm on the drums, the riser. And right there, we were playing to a minimum of like 250,000 people. Yeah, the one bad thing, not bad, but the one unfortunate thing about this photo is you, it doesn't capture the magnitude of the crowd. Oh my God. From this angle. You can't see. But, At one point, but it was I climbed this. I when Rick went up, Rick Defonza climbed the scaffold. I climbed behind him because I wanted to see it. Like I was a little crazy too. The scaffold. I mean, if a wicked wind came by, you see you, Rick. Yeah. You know, because you're up there. But the stage was massive. It was the first real global satellite kind of thing. And I remember there was an. You know, we end up being in the film. If you go to see the Roger Waters uh, the, the performance, we're in the film. Uh, when we did Mother, there was a satellite someone reminded me oliver a friend of mine on facebook sent me a note yesterday he goes didn't a satellite thing go down i said yeah 
you know, it did. And Sinead O'Connor didn't was like, I didn't want to come back to the stage. Like, she's telling Roger, I don't want to come back. And it's like, hey, man, there's like millions of people listening to this thing. You got to come back. So he came back because we recorded it the day before just in case something happened during the show. And it did, I think, at the show. And that's when they plugged in the day before so it didn't mess up the satellite thing. Right. You did Mother with Sinead and the band was up there. And, and the, yeah, the, the, so, ba- the band was up there, Rick Danko. Uh, and, I had and, the best hang yeah. with Rick Danko and Levon. Levon and I, you know, like, I, 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 we were... You know, I'd see Levon. Hey, Dave, you know, hug. He was he was really nice. Eric and Robin, I'm playing on Atlantic City. Right. Um, Levon and, and Danko at the time, I quit using and taking drugs. But I remember Danko at the time didn't, hasn't yet. So he like, he's got a handful of like, hey, you want some? You know, I was like, nah, I can't. Oh, he'd like to, but I can't. I got this codeine that doesn't help. You know, it's like ridiculous. I'm just, again, and by 1989 or 1990, when this show took place, obviously at this point, the Hooters, had pretty much seen and done it all, but still, you're up there in front of 200,000 people, and you're performing "Mother" with Roger Waters, the band, yeah. Sinead, Sinead O'Connor. I mean, yeah. that that had to be just in, 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 mind blowing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that was one of those things where you just, you know, you're up there, you're pinching yourself, like, well, how did I get here? You know, right. and then then somehow you get in your head, like, I belong here. You know, yeah. well, but, you did, you did belong. Uh, yeah, I mean, you do did. belong there, but still, it's still got to be for someone like you who had been playing drums at that point for you know whatever Ever. Th- th- forever your whole life. I couldn't take kid. my eyes off of Graham Brode, who played drums with Roger Waters. It's still today is one of my favorite drummers of all time. Just beautiful. Yeah. You know, they got a whole scene like, for us in, in England. They have just an incredible scene of musicians and drummers, and Graham has always been one of my favorites. So it. it it was so cool watching Snowy White and Roger. Roger was just so chill. He never, another case where like, you know, he's doing this show. He's that beautiful pause, but things got really wacky because backstage, they just brought the wall down. So there were people didn't like the, the barriers. So we had to get out there in a hurry. Bill Graham put that, was helping a lot on that show. Bill Graham was in our bus. We hung out. My tour manager kicked, Bill Graham off the bus on the way to the hotel and didn't know it was Bill Graham. <laughs> he called me up that night. He goes, what are you going to, he said, what did I do? I said, I ruined my career. I said, nah, just call him up. So he called Bill Graham's brother, son, David, I think, I think it was his name, and he, uh, his son and said, Bill was fine when he actually thought it was funny. He said, we're, we're you know, we're going to drop you off here. You, you know, Bill Graham, usually you should go to the hotel where he's at, but he dropped him off on the corner, like a mile away. Nice. Yeah. Great. All right, well, let's go back. We're going to backtrack a couple of years to a photo shoot for the Hooters' uh, second full-length yeah. album, One Way Home. One Way Home. And this, you said, is in Lily Tomlin's backyard in the Hamptons? Well, we were doing, I, I believe the photographer is David Katzenstein, who worked, we, he was, do you remember there was a magazine called Life Magazine? Yeah, sure. And he did covers, and he's a, just a brilliant photographer. So Columbia Records, I think Jack Rovner was our production manager at the time, hired him to take a photo of, of um, One Way Home. And we were at, um, we were using, uh, oh, what is the famous, photo- now I feel really bad, I'm forgetting her name, the, the woman, the photographer. Oh, uh, I, know, I know who you're talking. Uh, 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 I know who you're talking about too. Uh, senility, uh, but uh, Le- uh, Annie Leibovitz. Annie Leibovitz, right? Annie Leibovitz. We were in her summer house to use as a. We were cha- We were getting changed, and then Lily Tomlin next door. She had a place. This is in the Hamptons, and we stayed at a hotel. It was a two day shoot, and or maybe it was a one day shoot. But we got there the day before, and we spent the night at the hotel. Hamptons, it was cool. I'd never been to the Hamptons before. It's first time I had experience of that. And um, so we were out, and that horse, if you could see, that's the one, the horse, that's where the horse bit me. Is the horse, is that the, the horse pic- is biting? Is the horse biting you in this photo? I had a feeling that, like, I get along with musicians, horses, uh, the horse was like, what that? What'd you do to the horse, Dave? I looked at him. <laughs> now he just kind of went over. He just like we were playing, and he just went. Kook. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. They, oh, you know what that is? You remember he asked about the masks? There, we have beards on. Okay. We were horsing around. We put beards on, and okay, maybe because yeah, it looks like I, if you look at the photo, it looks like a, a COVID shot because it looks like everybody's got right, a mask on. Right. But those are fake beards. That is the photo session for One Way Home. Right. Right. And I guess uh, I, we all have a. I don't know if I have that up in my office. That photo, because it just brings back, um, they're good times, just good times hanging with the band. Um, yeah, we had, we had, we had a great time doing that photo sessions could be, can be rough, but we made the best out of it. Well, this one obviously was rough. You got attacked by a horse. I got attacked by a horse. Did you have to get any kind of like shot or anything? No, I just bit my jacket. Uh, Oh, okay. Just got the leather jacket on it. Just like, (laughs) it's a cow. You got a cow there. Ripped it off. So 
Yeah, it was fun. All right, we're going to go back again, a little, back to the, from the look of your hair in this, I'm going to say we're, we're talking mid-early 80s here. This is you at the, ah, this is you at the Spectrum. This 83, has, okay. celebrity, celebrity this shot. This has nothing to do with music. This is Dave on the Spectrum floor throwing up a, a looks like a three I can play basketball. This play is like a, a three-quarter court shot. This it is, is. This isn't even half court. This is three-quarter yeah. courts, and you're throwing up, and you said that it's just Dave uh, with his, you know, 1983 hair yeah. and uh, uh, playing at the Spectrum on a okay. celebrity shot, and you said Charles Barkley. Well, Charles Barkley, Barkley coached me. Well, Barkley, Barkley wouldn't have been there in '83, though. Uh, so if this is if this no, is so maybe it's '84. Okay, Barkley got drafted in '84, I think. Yeah, it was his first year. Okay, so '84. It was All his right. first year, so it was '84. It was '84, and 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 Barkley said to me, "Just <laughs> heave it." Because I was going to, Andy, Andy and I both took the celebrity shot. Andy went for the, I'm talking about Andy King. Andy King went for the shot and it was like, and Andy could play ball. I mean, I think he played basketball in his high school. Andy, I think didn't, he didn't, I don't even think he hit the net or the rim. And Charlie said, Charles says to me, just heave it. So I hit the 25, 24 second clock. You actually, 20, I hit the 24 second clock and, I, and Zinc said, and he almost took off the clock. <laughs> it was great. It was so cool being in the spectrum. And he almost takes off the 24 second clock. And I heaved it. And I, I nailed the, I nailed the clock. Uh, so I was heading for the, heading for the basket. I just got I had too much on it. Well, why, I don't uh, understand why they made you shoot from three court. Why couldn't you shoot from half court? Because why? that was it. I, 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 I don't know. I, I think mean, they wanted to asking, make, asking the celebrities to shoot from three. I, mean, I know. Half court is still a pretty hard shot. Yeah, I know. I know. No, we went from, from the other, 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 is, was there a three point? Line back in the day. Well, yeah, but it, yeah, but you, yeah, there was a three point. But you're line the other three point line. No, shoot, the other three point right, line right, is the thing, and I yeah, shot yeah. and I threw. I well, threw. You, you look like you're throwing like a javelin or something. Yeah, I well, mean, that's it, the it, way it, Charles it, Barkley told me. He said, "Go for it," and he was right. If I would have thrown, I would have been because the audience loved it. Because when I hit that. 24 second clock people roared it was yeah. like yeah that would, would have been something if you broke the shot clock I and know. They, they couldn't come back for the second half or something <laughs> drummer for the Hooters knocks the thing off yeah it's so just a fun little shot of Dave showing his sports prowess we don't yeah. talk about your athleticism on this podcast very often did you play sports as a kid I uh, well I, yeah, I played in the neighborhood I you know we played baseball in the neighborhood were um, you ever uh, did, were you ever good enough well to I think? was a pretty decent gymnast you know right. I mean I got a letter to go to West Point when I was in 10th grade, but I already played, I started playing music, but I was, I, I there was one of the pictures I was going to post of me on the gym team. And I started getting, and I'm competing like these little regional, uh, I never was good enough to get to the States, but there's three guys from Westchester that was really, Flieger, I still remember Flieger's name. Uh, there were, uh, and, and Henderson was one of them, and there were three guys there that were like amazing. And, and um, but I did, I, I was a gymnast. I was to, but I was, I mean, I was a crazy gymnast. There's a great, when they all I can tell the story. I, you know, I was. I don't know. I experimented with LSD and I did a gym meet and, uh, oh, and I was tripping. Dude, and I, it's just like Doc I, Ellis I, throwing I, a no hitter yeah, on LSD. Right. Okay. I did, well, I didn't know. And, and I actually <laughs> took too much and I was really tripping and I, oh, and I was doing a gym routine and I was doing a handstand and I did this Japanese thing. I could do a handstand, open my hands up and then roll out of it and do a back flip and back onto my hands. Apparently, the way word has it, I was staring at the mat for a long time, <laughs> like just oh, things are spinning. And then I, I did it, and I remember walking back, and Fred Lewis said to me, like, "What the fuck was that?" You know, Fred Lewis, the, the famous w yes. Wilson, Wilson yeah. uh, gymnastics yeah. coach. Yeah, yeah. Joey Lanzi was the only one that knew I was tripping. Holy shit! Dude. <laughs> well, this is that well, was worth uh, you know, <laughs> eighty-four episodes I, uh, to yeah. hear that story. I was yeah. experiment. I was just such a wacky kid. Yeah, <laughs> you're, still still little, you're, you're still wacky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully in a good way. Yeah. So there's a little uh, a sidebar that I was not expecting. Um, okay. I didn't expect to tell a podcast, yeah. bring out the weirdness. <laughs> well, I, I, I love it. Uh, all right. So uh, anyways, as we're talking about the Sixers, big game tonight, Sixers jazz, best, yeah. best in the East, best in the oh, West. Oh, you used the Bozio picture. Yeah, Sixers. All right. So we're on to Dave sitting at Terry Bozio's drums. Now this is athletic. Yeah. Well, you said your, your comment on this, when you sent me this picture was, I have no idea how he does it. Just look at the pedals. There, there, there's just there's just drums everywhere. It just heads everywhere. And just look it down there. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. On just the left foot, and then you're like I don't know twenty pedals, and then Bozio has all these great. I saw him do this. Um, that's John Good from DW sitting across from me. He, Bo Terry wasn't there, so he said, "You want to go up in Terry's room?" So we went up in Terry's room. He said, "You want to sit behind the drums?" I, I was great. I went out there, and Terry. Uh, he did this performance uh, at this cocktail party that DW had once, and he played so orchestral, beautifully playing. He would play musical. 
He was just phenomenal, man. I mean, just amazing because he knows where everything is. He's got little wood, like you're not even seeing these little things up on the left that he's triggering with his feet. He's a freak of nature, that guy. Where, An absolute freak of nature. What, what venue is this? Do you remember? This is at um, this is at DW. At uh, the this is at uh, where they build the drums. Okay, right, right. You did yeah, say that. Yeah, uh, yeah. So for people, it's Dave sitting. The picture's from the back, so you can't. You can't. Yeah. So I can only imagine what your face is like. My as, face as, is as you're saying, looking at all the. the <laughs> what is? Did this? you actually try to play it or not? I did. I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I could play. You know, I could play what I play. But Terry plays. You know, he's like he has even what he plays. He has this way of he's you know like almost a temp kind of style the way he, he you know it's beautiful man he's he's just ridiculously great that's it's yeah for, i love for, love that guy's playing yeah drummers need to see this picture i mean i was sold i remember he he played on that uh, that that brecker brothers records because i love the trumpet as you know and then i listened to the brecker brothers and i went to see them years ago and then when he, terry played with them terry uh, my buddy dan d'souza at the time said you got to check out uh terry with the with the brecker brothers and Man, he's key. The guy just grooves like a mother. Yeah. So, all right. Next picture, Dave, is the the Goldberg's appearance, June, <laughs> June, January seventh, January seventeenth, two thousand eighteen. The yeah. Hooters appear on the episode of the Goldbergs, yeah. and, they, and they dress you guys up to look like it's nineteen eighty five right. again. And <laughs> yeah, you, you got the current we hair. Got wigs. You got the, yeah, you they wig. went nuts, man. Yeah. We were shocked. I I thought it was going to be a real cheese ball. As che as weird as it looks, the, the wigs are really nice. And I was wearing these Bruno Molly shoes that I tried to walk out with. They wouldn't let me. They wouldn't. Let, I wanted to. I wanted to. I could have bought them. I don't even know if they could have sold it, but I offered to buy them. But they were like eight hundred bucks or something ridiculous. But they found. Um, and if you if you see the Goldberg's performance, anybody that's listening, at the very end, I spun my head, my wig. They they got they have like uh, little pins in to keep the wig on. And I spun my head. I guess I didn't realize I spun it so hard, and the wig spins sideways on my head. <laughs> We're at the Wiltern and Theater. They kept, they kept that on in the in, yes. in the episode. You can yeah. see it. Yeah, you can see it flip. Yeah. But there's only a little bit. But boy, what a fun day! And uh, look at John and Eric. <laughs> we all had the wigs on. And we all had our colors. They put you back in yellow. I it's love being back, in yellow. Back Man, in oh, yellow. yellow. I dig it. Yellow's a thing now. It'll be like yellow as, you know, I, I, uh, I, I kind of dig it. It's, a, it, you know, it's just a fun day. We had just a great time. I remember interviewing you for a story at the time when you guys appeared on that. And uh, you, you said you had a great time hanging out with the cast. And, and they, they, they were all so nice. Everybody on that show were just incredibly nice. I, I, the, the, the father, I forget the father. Jeff, Gar Jeff Garland. Jeff Garland has has our records, yeah. and there was another a couple guys had our as on, on vinyl from the day. Right, right. He's like, I have I have I have uh, One Way Home, and I have Nervous Night. Wow, we were like, wow, really? Yeah, he was like, I was a fan, you know. Okay. It's a cool. Uh, that, it's a nice feeling. Yeah, that, that's cool. Yeah. All right, so now we got a photo of you, and I don't know when this was taken. This is you and your friend Manfred Mann. Oh, this, if you got the Manfred picture. Well, yeah, there, there you go. Manfred, Manfred, everybody says, where's Manfred Mann? This is not too far, long ago. This is uh, a few years ago. We play gigs, you know. My buddy Robert Hart is the singer in Manfred Mann, and that's a legendary Manfred Mann from, you know, do ah diddy diddy dum diddy do All that great stuff, man. He's Manfred, he's just... How did you, you said you're friends with him. How did you meet? We, you we, meet? Like, you know, Rob, I think Rob's become pretty, because they're both keyboard players. They chat about like gear and, you know, he's, he's not a, he doesn't talk a lot. You know, he'll come and sit with you at dinner on, when we're on tour. Like, you know, it becomes like, a because we've, we just done a bunch of festivals together in Europe and their band, we're all tight with those guys. Yeah. They're just really great English musicians that are, you know, respect. Uh, they have just such incredible respect for one another, like uh, over the years, because they know how the ride is. And um, so, you know, it was really cool. Like Manfred is like, you know, you, you bow down to Manfred, man. Well, he's he's 80 years old. Manfred. It's hard to believe because he, yeah. he looks great. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah, it's a good. They're still at it, man. They're dying. Like I said, Robert Hart and I are good friends on Facebook and. And he uh, he's he's dying to get back at it, man. Manfred Man's band is killer. Yeah, I didn't realize they were they were still oh, out still there playing. They, yeah, they play a lot in Europe. Okay. They're like they're like us. They play a lot in, in, in Europe. Right. Yeah. Well, that's a and great. Jimmy, uh, uh, 
and Jimmy, their drummer, uh, uh, was just the, the greatest, greatest, greatest drummer. Well, get, in the world. get, uh, get man for man on the podcast. I'm gonna try. Get I'm get gonna try. I'll give you. Know, I, I, I don't know if he, maybe he'd do it. I, I'll ask him. I know Robert. Robert and I talked about it. I'll get Robert on. Robert's done all kinds of stuff, but it'd be, it'd be great to get those guys. On. Yeah, that that would be cool. You got a huge smile in the picture. You're obviously. Very, I was very happy to be with Rob Manford. Okay. Anytime around those guys, that was great. Okay. Next picture is you and a rock and roll hall of famer. This is you and Jackson Brown hanging out backstage. Yeah, well, this because of Dallas. Alan Downs, pretty good friends with Jackson. Like that, that, that was a cool day because uh, Down and I went to a baseball game that night, that day, and then we just said, Hey, Jackson Brown's playing. And she knew some of the people on the crew. So she put a call into them and they got us tickets. And then we went down, and then Jackson invited Dallin and her guest, me, backstage. And Jackson, you know, knew, knew the Hooters. So we walked back and we thought, I thought it was going to go to a big group of people hanging out. And I go backstage, and it's just me, David Lindley, Dallin, and, and and Jackson Brown. And so David Lindley and I just chatted about ear because David Lindley surprisingly did not use in ears, and so he's asking me about my experiences with in ears. I was telling him, man, you got to contact my buddy Mark Marty Garcia, Future Sonic. He'll straighten you out. And uh, he was asking me my experience, you know, uh, sonically with it. And I told him like, because I have a real history with those guys, you know, starting from when you couldn't have the ambience and all the kind of things that now you can get, but. Um, I was, you know, I was selling David Lindley on in-ears. But Jackson was just also gracious. I remember he gave this beautiful, he got these roses he gave to Dallin that were given to him. He said, why don't you take them home? And then, you know, afterwards, Bob Glob was playing bass on that tour. So I was hanging with Bob afterwards, you know, after I left his dressing room. They're, they're legendary. Another one, another one that's great. And Yeah, you, you weren't, uh, Jackson wasn't moving in on Dallin, was he? No, I don't know. Okay. Okay. Giving her roses. I don't yeah, know, Dave. Yeah. I don't know. Jackson. I mean, you, Jackson know the, you know how the ladies Jack, the, 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 go for the Jackson lady, Brown. They love Jackson. <laughs> Even when Jackson starts playing Dr. The women go nuts. Yeah. They go like, it's great. I, you know, we all do. It's like, he's great. I mean, yeah. what a bit. Marcio, the drummer. Oh, my God. Oh, they're so great. What an incredible feel. All right. Well, yeah. Dave had a lot more pictures that he sent over. I mean, he's the, the memories, the pictures, the scrapbook. It's it, it's it's immense. We're all going to you're going to use all the pictures in the book when the book comes out someday. Dave. <laughs> yes. But but yeah. we but we had to do a cut. We had to cut it off. So the last picture we have, and we had to end with a Philadelphia legend. This is at the Philadelphia Folk Festival in 2013. With Todd. This is Dave with 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 Todd Rundgren, and uh, yeah. a great night where Todd Rundgren sat in with in the pocket. Yeah. You guys did. you guys played well, open wait, your yeah. open your eyes. Yeah, he said open to me, my eyes. My bet my 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 best thing about Todd that night. Uh, so he says to me, he says to me right there, he goes, What are we gonna play? And I always kinda of run songs in. I said, How about open my eyes? He looked at me, he goes, You guys know that? And I said, <laughs> Yeah, we'll be all right. So we go up there. And I remember walking off stage and he's got his arm around me. He goes, That was easy. Yeah, right. <laughs> and Jeffrey Gaines, God bless him, man. He Jeffrey Jeffrey came in on the right spot on the second verse. because uh, 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 we do it like as much as like the record we do we do it. That weird bridge, the breakdown section, the the section zero two zero two four four six eight. There's like a weird little thing that he does with the dun 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 and and, and, and Todd, Todd knows that that's like a train wreck area even for bands that rehearse it but we 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 did a good job with that day and uh and to have todd and then todd inducted the hooters into the rock and roll hall of the, the walk the of fame philadelphia doing, walk of fame right which was an honor well you know his speech was a little kind of weird but we we were honored that he did it he was cool yeah, well, I just felt like it was a good picture to end on. It wasn't the most recent picture, but it was a good picture to end on because Todd is, you know, he, he, as we said, I mean, everybody in Philadelphia music owes a debt of gratitude to Todd. <laughs> He's up for Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction again this year, or nominee again this year. Oh, I hope he gets uh, in. He really deserves to get in. And the other thing I got to say about that performance of Open My Eyes, uh, there's a video of it. And yeah, it's on YouTube. Yeah. It's a video of In the Pocket. Or you can go to what, In the Pocket website. You can right. You get a video of, of Todd performing with, with, the, with the guys from In the Pocket yeah. at the Folk Festival. And just watching the faces of the of you and everybody in the band. Right. You, got, you got Ben Arnold. You got Richard Bush. We're, and, oh, and you got Cliff Hill. Cliff, Cliff and Richard are the best. Right. Really. They're, they're, to the, they're to the right of Todd. Yeah. And, and just they're watching them and the smiles. Yeah. And then you got Steve Butler and Greg Davis yeah. on the other side. Rob was playing too. And, Rob, and Rob was playing keys. Yeah. And it's just. It's it was a, a good it's, band. It's, it's a, please, after you're done listening, check yeah. out. Look up. But in the pocket, Todd Runger and Philadelphia yeah. Folk Festival. Find that video. Gene it's, Shea was there that day. The legend who did yeah. Rest in Peace was there that day. Yeah, it's, it's a great performance. It was and, fun. And, and a great kind of, uh, you know, all these great current Philadelphia musicians with, yeah. with the father of it all kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it was very cool. Todd to just keeps on rolling, man. He's mm -hmm. Maybe that's that Hawaii living, man. Yeah. I don't know. He could, yeah. You know. 
Well, well, this was fun. I yeah. hope, I hope listeners. I hope, so. I hope, I hope they if, enjoy if you it. did listen without seeing the pictures, I hope you still were able to to get a sense. And uh, again, all the pictures uh, will be up on social media. And uh, you know, if you happen to see the video, you'll see the pictures as we talk about them. And uh, Dave, I could hear you tell these stories all day, man. You got oh, what, thank what, you. What, what a life! And thank and, you. Uh, yeah, and it, you and, know what? I got to tell you, man. It 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 it. it you know, I, I I'm so sorry. Hey, I want quickly. I, I wanted to mention Jimmy Copley's name I, from Man for Man, the drummer, because I had a brain fart and and he was he's 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 passed away. He was one of my favorite drummers on tour to be with and hang with. So I just wanted to mention Jimmy. Rest in peace, Jimmy. Um, yeah, I I you know like man, it. I feel really blessed to be healthy, feeling good. I'm recording a lot at home. I just did a great track with Billy Goodman, my buddy Billy, and I was excited about recording with Smash Palace with the guys in the studio on Saturday. Man, it's going to be fun. So I feel like there's still some stuff to do. Oh, there's tons of stuff to yeah. do, man. You've been doing it for more yeah. than more than 50 years since you yeah. first sat down at the drums, and yeah. and there's no reason to stop anytime soon. Yeah, and if I leave the earth and I do, I want to do it from the drum set. Boom, yeah. gone. Yeah. See ya. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> all right. Well, this was fun. I hope the listeners enjoyed it. I want to thank uh, Taylor for putting all the photos, thanks, Taylor. Uh, getting Good all job. the photos together. Great job. Um, thanks to, as I said, our sponsors, uh, Croker Percussion and School of Rock Main Line. Thanks, as always, to Wildfire Radio. We'll be back in two weeks, and uh, we will have a guest again at that point. Maybe uh, Kenny. Maybe we'll get Kenny Iron. We, we will have Kenny Iron off at some point because the, the talk about a guy with some stories. Oh, my God. <laughs> I got, I've had some good hangs with that guy. Yeah, I, I'm sure. Yeah, I've yeah. had some really good I can't even, some of the nicknames I had for him, I can't even say. Right. <laughs> he, but he's amazing. What a beast of a drummer, too. Absolutely. Unbelievable. All right. Well, thanks again for listening. Uh, go Sixers. Go Sixers. And man. for MP. Dave, I'm Andy. We'll see you next time on In the Pocket.